Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Titus. Today is episode 689, and we're looking at Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. Let's read the passage. The reason I left you in Crete was to set right what was left undone, and, as I directed you, to appoint elders in every town. An elder must be blameless, the husband of one wife, with faithful children who are not accused of wildness or rebellion. As an overseer of God's household, he must be blameless, not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, not greedy for money, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, holy, self-controlled, holding to the faithful message as taught, so that he will be able to both encourage with sound teaching and to refute those who contradict it. This is Paul's letter to Titus. Seems that Paul has left Titus in Crete, and Paul's probably in Corinth now. And Titus is is here in Crete to, to deal with some stuff, and that's what we're looking at in this particular passage, is what Titus is in Crete to do. We believe that the best explanation is that Paul had left Timothy in Ephesus and gone back to Philippi. Then sometime shortly thereafter, he and Titus went to Crete and probably started some evangelistic work, traveling around to the various cities in Crete and preaching the word. And then Paul has left, and he's left Titus there with some assignments to take care of. Let's dive into it here. Here he explains it. He says, the reason I left you in Crete. This is why we think Paul went to Crete with Titus. Because he says, the reason I left you in Crete. And that reason was to set right what was left undone. And, as I directed you, to appoint elders in every town. So, these two things he's got here. To set right what was left undone and to appoint elders in every town. Now, as appoint elders in every town, what was left undone, or the first thing of the left undone, is two separate things, just grammatically. He, he didn't explain it much. I think the best understanding of this is, as I said earlier, that Paul and Timothy traveled around, spreading the word, bringing people to Christ, and now there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be done to organize these churches, help them mature, and get on their feet. So there's a bunch of stuff left undone. There's a lot of people who've come to Christ in these various towns, so they have kind of little fledgling churches, and they need Titus to help them get set and get organized. Now if we look ahead, verses 10 to 16, I think is kind of generally things left undone. There's some problems still in the churches. But the first of these things left undone is to appoint elders in every town. Now, if you look back in Acts chapter 14, on their first missionary journey, Paul and Barnabas traveled through southern Galatia, and they went town to town preaching, and people came to Christ. Then if we look toward the end of that first missionary journey, start in Acts 14, verse 21, We read, after they preached the gospel in that town and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith 
and by telling them it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. When they had appointed elders for them in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. I think it's probably that same pattern going on in Crete, except instead of Paul and Barnabas, it's Paul and Titus. They've gone town to town, preaching the word, people have come to Christ. Now you need to go back town to town and give them some more encouragement, give them some more instruction. And just as when they went back through all the towns they had visited and people came to Christ, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders. And he's telling Titus, that's what I want you to do in Crete. Go town to town where we spread the word and go back and appoint elders. Sometimes when we talk about Timothy and Titus, those letters being the pastoral epistles, we think more of Timothy and Titus as pastors. They're more of advisors, church consultants to multiple churches. Really, they're the Apostle Paul's representative. So Titus isn't just in a church at Crete. He is dealing with multiple churches, town to town, to appoint elders. Now, question is, is it one elder per town or multiple elders per town? Well, people who study the Greek say that uh, the, the way it's worded, it's, it literally can be translated town to town, appointing elders. And so they think grammatically it's plural elders for each singular town. And that would fit the pattern we see throughout the New Testament, is that there's, there's never a single elder. There's multiple elders in every church. We talk about this as the plurality of leadership. It's not healthy to have a single leader in charge of things. You need more than one elder to properly lead. Otherwise, you really get out of balance. How many? He doesn't say. But he does use the plural. He also doesn't talk about the selection process. Is Titus just supposed to, on his own, say, you're an elder, you're an elder, you're an elder? Or is he supposed to consult with the church? And I think specifically it's not said how, because it's up to Titus to deal with this. Some of these churches may only be weeks old or a few months old. They're, they're not very mature. And any church in that condition, the, the church itself isn't in a position to be able to decide who should be an elder or not. It's got to be up to Titus. A church that's a little more mature, I'm sure he would consult with the people of the church before just appointing an elder. So it's, there's a lot of context involved in this. And the fact that he lists this appointment of elders, then talks about the elders themselves in verses 6 through 9, implies this is the most important task left undone for Titus to deal with. So verse 6, An elder must be blameless, the husband of one wife, with faithful children who are not accused of wildness or rebellion. Well, elder is not actually in the original Greek. Basically says if anyone is blameless. But because he's to appoint elders in every town, it's understood that he's talking about the elders that are appointed must be blameless. He's talking basically about family here, very similar to the language they used in 1 Timothy, as he was talking to Timothy about appointing overseers. They've got to have a decent family life. Got to have faithful 
to his wife and have his children under control. So basically, he's got to have a respectable family. He's got to be able to lead his family well. Now, this is talking about character. This is not a recipe. This doesn't preclude men who are single. It doesn't preclude men who are widowed. It doesn't preclude men who don't have children. And since children is plural, it doesn't preclude men who only have one child. And it's not talking about grown children. It's talking about the household that this man runs. Basically, he's got a good family life. He's a respectable family man. Then verse 7, this is speaking about his church life, how he interacts with the people of the church. Verse 7, as an overseer of God's household, he must be blameless, not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, not greedy for money. So these are five negatives as he deals with other people in the church. Now notice blameless is repeated here up in the family area. He should be blameless with regards to his family. And now in verse 7, blameless in regards to how he deals with people in the church. Now what's blameless mean? Mean perfect? No, nobody's perfect. If that was the case, then we couldn't have elders because nobody is perfect. But basically saying that they're not, that they don't have these glaring character flaws. The things he mentions, arrogance, hot-tempered, excessive drinker, bully, greedy for money. These are, these are things, these are red flags. Of, they, he doesn't treat people well. Elder must treat people well. He must be blameless respectable, liked. He loves people, gets along with people. So he does well with his family. He does well with the people of the church. Now notice in verse 7, he says, overseer. In verse 5, he said, elder. And so when we went through 1 Timothy chapter 3, I said, pastor, elder, overseer are the same thing. So it's not that he's confused here or he's combining two different things, elders and overseers. No, it's just two terms. Elder comes from the Jewish tradition of elders who ran the local synagogue. And so he continues that language. But overseer is a more technical term he used in 1 Timothy to speak to those who are in leadership of the church. So an elder must be blameless and is an overseer of God's household. So these five negatives should not be doing those, but verse 8, virtues that he should be doing. So not those bad things, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, holy, self-controlled. Then verse 9, holding to the faithful message as taught. So this going on with his character. We've got to look at his family life. Is he blameless? as he deals with his family, as he leads his family? And is he blameless as he deals with the people of the church? Does he love his family and lead his family well? Does he love the people of the church and lead the people of the church well? And this last one, verse 9, holding to the faithful message as taught, is he faithful in his devotion to the word of God? And there's a so what there in verse 9. So that he will be able to both encourage with sound teaching and to refute those who contradict it.
So he's got to hold to the faithful message as taught and have a good character. And that's going to enable him to teach faithfully true doctrine and correct those who contradict good doctrine. Now it says to refute those who contradict it. You could also say rebuke because the same word is used in verse 13 and is translated there as rebuke. Now, you read this, say, Titus knows this. Titus has been hanging out with Paul for years. Well, yes, Titus does know this. But I think this is for the sake of the people of Crete who will be reading this, just as I believe that Paul wrote First Timothy, knowing the people of Ephesus, would read that. In fact, that's the way he ends the letter, grace to you all. Similarly, the way he ends the letter to Titus is grace be with you all. So he, he knows more than just Titus is going to read this. So I think things like this he's putting there, not because Titus doesn't know it. Yeah, he's reminding Titus, but he's putting this so that the people of the churches in Crete know this too. So questions here, how long do you have to observe someone before you appoint them as an overseer? Well, Paul doesn't say. And I think the answer would be long enough. Just as he warned Timothy, don't be in a rush to put somebody in the leadership. But then the answer would be long enough to see his family life, long enough to see his true character, and long enough to see his faithful to the gospel truth. So how long? Well, long enough for those things to be seen. And once you know the person has good character and faithfulness to the message, is able to teach and refute, you point him as an elder, an overseer. So what's the takeaway for us? Well, down to church leaders. We want church leaders who have solid character. And that solid character would come out in their family life, and how they treat other people in the church, how they react to other people in the church, how they get along with other people in the church. Do they love the people of the church and their devotion to the word of God? Are they able to teach and able to refute or rebuke those who oppose sound teaching? So that's Titus's main task in Crete, get solid leadership in place in the churches, town by town. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Titus.